is the Conservative Corner Podcast with Harrison Dawes, where one man stands against the rising tide of liberalism. This officer in the battle to preserve our nation is the Conservative Colonel. Nothing ends here. Our hopes and our journeys continue. And here's Harrison Norris. Welcome to the Conservative Colonel Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Dawes, and I want to thank you guys for hopefully tuning in. It has been a while. Uh, I meant to come back uh, about mid-January, and uh, I, I was advised by a good friend not to take a break during my first year of podcasting, but um, Christmas was too hectic for me. I knew New Year's would be the same. But I didn't expect all of January to be as hectic as uh, it was. And so it, it's taken me a long time to get back on. But luckily, uh, February, uh, I'm back. Uh, it took a lot longer than I planned, but here we are. So I'm, I'm glad y'all are joining me today. Uh, <laughs> and again, I apologize for uh, the lack of episodes. But we will be going back to our regularly scheduled programming Tuesdays. We will be having, of course, the podcast air. And let's see here, just to make sure I am correct. Let's see here. Where is that? I'm looking for my notes. But so on Tuesdays, the podcast will come out like normal again. And then on um, Thursday, the podcast will come out on um uh, YouTube and it will be a live feed. You'll get to see me. Hi, you can see me wearing my jacket and my farms hat right now. So, uh, and usually, uh, the episodes will go up in the morning or in the afternoon. Uh, I try to record on Mondays, but sometimes I have to record on Tuesdays. And when that happens, the episode of course comes out later, but, uh, on Tuesday we'll come out on Spotify, which are uh, Spotify, uh, Spreaker, 
which we ask that everybody kind of support us there. It helps us out a bit more. But if you don't want to do that, that's okay. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music slash Audible, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser. So we, you have your, your choices for us. <laughs> so make sure you go support us there. Leave a good review and subscribe to us on all our platforms. Uh, we, uh, we're going to cover a bit of news today. Uh, we're not going to go into anything heavy. There's a couple of things that have happened in the past couple of weeks that I want to throw my attention at. Uh, and, of course, some very big news that I think is going to change uh, the politics game in Mississippi and hopefully around the nation. Uh, I also have that news. So we're going to kind of jump into things. Go ahead. Uh, I don't think I have any more announcements I need to make. Um, follow us on Facebook and yeah, YouTube. Those are only two platforms. Uh, we will be working on our website soon. I mean, it'll be just a standard website, but uh, another way to kind of get out there and reach y'all and y'all to contact me. Uh, you know, more exposure, the better. So we're going to kind of go into the news and today's topics. As I said, I won't be going into a lot of news, but I did want to go into um, two topics that are kind of close to my heart, which is states' rights. And we're seeing two cases of this happening in Mississippi, which will be covering Mississippi politics, and the state of Texas. So, as you all know, Texas is having a border crisis. In order to com combat this, their governor put up, I think, a barbed wire fence, if I'm not mistaken. And the federal government told him to take it down, that it's their job to control the border and protect Americans, which they're not wrong. That is their job. It's just the fact of the matter is they're not doing their job. So Texas kind of was like, no. Um and we're going to talk more about that issue in a second. I'm going to talk about my opinion here for a second. States' rights. I am a believer in small government, and I'm also a believer in the fact that the state government should be telling the federal government when they have too much power. When you have the federal government telling the federal government how much power they have, you see where that's left us as a nation. We have power-hungry people, people going into office to get rich and to hold power over people and staying in that office for lifetimes because it's not a service anymore. It's not a duty. It's a job and a paycheck. And you can stay in politics for 20, 25 years and get a lot of good done with term limits. You can go from the House to the Senate to the executive branch, to appointed positions. There's a lot you can do in this country when it comes to service. If you want to serve and you feel called to serve in that role, you can do that. But my concern is, is we've fostered a non-service system. The era of the, the statesman, the person that only cares about making their state better and protecting the American dream um, is going out of style. And we have these career politicians who go in and stay in there for life whose their only goal is to come in and collect a paycheck. Now, if they're working a normal nine to five, you can't really blame them for that. I think everybody wants to make a good living, but it's the way they're doing it. They're, they're doing it off the backs of the American people. 
they're not really working. They're, they're supposed to be serving, but they're only serving themselves and making themselves richer. So that, that stands to reason, would that hurt Americans? And yes, it does. So you see this battle going on in Texas. And I honestly think Texas has the right to do this. If the federal government is failing, it is up to the state to step in. And the state should be able to tell the federal government no. The federal government should not be getting in on every state issue. It should be very, very rarely you see the federal government step over the state. And by what I mean like that, like First Amendment violations, Second Amendment violations, stuff like that, the rights being taken advantage of. Yes, the federal government should step in then, but we've given them too much power, and now they think they run the country, and that's not how it's meant to be. Uh, we were founded on the idea of small government and not to be ruled by a singular powerful force anymore. Um, and here we are. We've given all the power to the federal government. And look at what it's gotten us. So, obviously, I'm not a fan. <laughs> obviously, I think this is just awful. I, I feel bad for Texas. Luckily, Miss, uh, Mississippi is supporting them. So, uh, I think only one governor uh, has not supported, and it's Vermont, Governor Phil Scott hasn't supported uh, Texas, but here are some of the states that are supporting Texas during this crisis. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Mississippi. I was scared there for a minute. Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So those are the states that have kind of pledged their support. Um, and I'm not shocked that Mississippi waited a while. Because um, if I remember correctly, uh, it took Mississippi a while to pledge their support, which, again, I'm not shocked. We, we are not a conservative state anymore. We are led in the Senate, the most powerful posi uh, position in the government, our lieutenant governor is led by a Democrat, and uh, I, I don't necessarily have anything bad to say about Tate Reeves, but I don't have anything good to say. He's a follower. He's not a leader, uh, and I'm not saying that negative about the governor. Or uh, Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm not trying to trash our governor, but if you look at a lot of his policies and look a lot he's done the past four years, he follows. He follows Florida. He follows Texas. But he's never on the fighting end. He usually kind of, okay, guys, you go get it. I want to stay over here. And we're not really doing anything else other than saying, yeah, we support y'all. Go get them. You know, um, or I haven't read anything else that uh, combats this theory. Um, and it's just, uh, it's so sad. Mississippi should be the leading conservative state. We're the most Republican uh, state, I think, in the country. Uh, and we're also just conservative-wise, we're a very strong state for that. We should be the, the leading conservative state. These states should be following us and asking for our help because they know that we are the backbone of conservatism. The heart, you know, we're, we're fighting for it here in Mississippi, and it's never going to leave in Mississippi. And the sad truth is we are not that. 
We have the opportunity to be, but we always fall multiple steps short. Um, I see a senator, uh, senator, Governor Reeves is showing support, uh, but he hasn't really done anything. Uh, let's see here. Uh, other than, yeah, saying that the country can cannot survive another four years of Joe Biden. He's weakening American national security, true, and put pers uh, personal safety at risk, all because of politics. It's long past time someone stops at sanity. Yeah, he's he's doing, like, he, he's made an announcement, but I don't see him stepping in to be like, all right, what, what can Mississippi do to help? Um, it's expected, sadly. Uh, and again, you know, I'm, I'm going off, you know, a couple of old news articles because I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to go out of my way to talk about this. So this might not be um, up to date, but I know a lot of states have pledged troops to go over there and help. Um, I'm not saying I, I think that would be helpful to Texas. Uh, I would hate to see our our home guard have to go. I, I didn't like it when they were forced to go to uh, D.C. when uh, they were scared of a riot happening. Um, I get it. We, we need to protect our people, and that's their job. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just um, something about it bothers me. But, I mean, at the same time, Texas needs the help, and if it's spewing into texas it won't be long till it spews into mississippi so yeah it, it's like a lot of more people are contributing to helping texas but we've just been like that a boy <laughs> yeah while everybody else is trying to get into the game we're on the sidelines just like a little cheer section but yeah no he, he hasn't done anything else i'm looking at this i'm getting this from the uh claire and ledger which you know i've not heard great things um, but I've kind of done a bit of my own research, and um, I just don't have any notes on that right now. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see if I can find anything else. But yeah, like, I, I think Tennessee sent some people, uh, and I think Florida. So, yeah, I mean, it, this this issue is, is getting crazy, and now I think, yeah, the Department of Justice has got involved. They're filing suit against the state of Texas um, under the United States Constitution Supremacy Clause and Foreign Commerce Clause that the federal government has the authority to regulate immigration and manage our international borders, which, again, I said that at the beginning of this discussion. Yes, the federal government, that's part of their job is to secure our borders and to protect us. But they're not doing that job, and then it falls back to the state to step up. Again, I'm a big believer that the state should be the main source of government we have to worry about. That's the one we should be the most involved in. It should be the one that regulates us the most. It should be the one that we have to deal with the most, the ones we have to fight for the most. Because I believe in states' rights. The states have the rights to govern themselves. Everything listed in the Constitution gives power to the federal government. Everything unlisted goes back to the states. So I, I do believe state has the right to do that. I, I'm guessing this would go to the Supreme Court. I'm not certain. I would have to read. Re, 
I would have to go over a lot of uh, Constitution uh, law and my history notes to remember correctly. But uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it would, and I'm hoping they would side with Texas because, again, if the federal government's not securing the border, again, falls to the state. Um, and the federal government's not done anything. And this has been going on for four long years now. And Texas has just about had enough. And so, yes, they have the right to do this. And I'm glad Texas is standing up for themselves and standing up for the rest of the states. Because, again, the states have been backed down into a, a, to believing that the federal government should be more powerful than them for too long. Federal government should come in to dispute things that are going on between two states. That's one way they can get involved. And if a state is neglecting a constitutional right, um, I don't see much else other than that. The, the federal government's way too big and powerful as is. Why would we give them any more? We should be taking away a lot of their power. But, yeah, so that's what's going on in Texas, and I, I pray for them and hope the best in their, their lawsuit and their continuing fight uh, for uh, securing the southern border. Um, I mean, I could tell you about what the Tex, uh, Texas governor has to say about it, but I mean, I, I'm not going to, to bore you all because we've all heard it before. We've talked about it. The right side has talked about it. Every conservative news station has talked about it this, at this point. I was throwing my, more of my two cents in on states' rights. And the fact of the matter is uh, Texas is standing up for that. And so I hope they win. I hope they do a good job defending that and they go at it 100%. So that's uh, kind of where I'm going to leave things on that issue. Now, I'm going to go to um, the Mississippi ballot initiative process. So going back again to states' rights, um, going back into Mississippi state rights. So our ballot initiative process was taken, taken away from us. So in our constitution, it said five districts. Well, Mississippi only has four now. And so uh, the argument was when uh, people were trying to change the flag, uh, do something with weed, I think, uh, the government was all of a sudden very worried about this. Now, no, we changed from five to four, I think a couple years before this happened. But the federal, go uh, the state government just now decided that it was an important issue. And so they said, well, the ballot initiative process is unconstitutional because it goes against the Constitution because there is no fifth district. And instead of just replacing the five to a four in our Constitution, they have decided to revamp the ballot initiative process. Now, now get this, they want the state government to have the power to shut down the people. What? Mind blown. So to use an example, because I was probably one of those people that was on the fence about medical marijuana. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of research. Uh, and I really just, I, I hate the smell of it. I, I hate the fact that some states just indulge people to use it that don't need it. And so I was like, I really don't want to see that come to Mississippi. But they won fair and square on their ballot initiative process. And that was, that's the right thing to do. If the people want it, they have to have it. 
uh, either way you fall on that issue, if it's done right and the people want it, that's what the people want and that's what the government should do. But now, now, <laughs> they are saying the government, our state government that is, will decide if this is important. So say you go out throughout the land of Mississippi getting signatures for uh, a thing that you think, like term limits, a ballot initiative process upon term limits. You go throughout the whole state getting signatures. People sign left and right. You get enough signatures. Instead of going to the ballot now, no, now you go to Congress who has to approve of this, and they're just going to shoot it down, stuff they don't like. Why does our government think they know better than us, the people of Mississippi? Why do they think that they have the right to shut down something the people have brought to the table? Guess what? If the people of Mississippi don't want it, they'll vote against it on the ballot initiative process. I voted against stuff. I voted for stuff. It was that simple. And guess what? If it doesn't pass... Then you have your answer. The people of Mississippi didn't want it, but a small majority. Minority. And now they've added a step to where it has to get through Congress. Doesn't that sound like a state government that's trying to tighten their grip around us? And people are, are completely not focusing on this. They're focusing on the fact that they've made it so the uh, initiative process, and I don't think they've voted for this yet. But then again, I'm getting this from January 2024. But uh, they're they're more focused on the fact that it won't be it can't be used to change abortion laws in Mississippi. First off, sorry, we don't want to kill children. Uh, second off, um, that's what all the news is focusing on. So it's another reason I want to talk about this topic. No one's really talking about the fact that the government's adding themselves to this process, and. I hope it fails. Um, I know a lot of conservative people that I know, the few, God bless them, that are still fighting, they're kind of like, well, it's either this or nothing. And, you know, if, if people hear I vote against a ballot initiative process, that could hurt me, which is true in a sense that if it was the actual ballot initiative process we want as the state of Mississippi, yes, we would be mad. You're obviously trying to keep the power in the government, but this is giving more power to our government. The government should not be encroaching or not be involved any in our our day-to-day -day lives. I talked about a second ago, the state government should be pretty involved. But when I was saying that, I wasn't saying that they should be controlling and stuff like that. We should have to deal with them on a bi-monthly basis at best. You know, oh, well, I heard they're thinking about this in the state government. Okay, well, you know, let's let's talk to our, our officials and tell them no. Or, you know, um, a national disaster happens in the state of Mississippi and the government comes to help. But, you know, watch handouts from the government. It can be dangerous to seize more power. But I'm just, like, spitballing here. Uh, I didn't really have examples written down in front of me, which if I probably had the time, I could think about better examples. But they, they're, they're trying to get more involved than they should. They're trying to be like, look, we're giving you the ballot initiative process back. We're giving you guys the power to change laws, to change the Constitution in the state of Mississippi.
But now you have to come to us. Doesn't that sound like a liberal government to you? Doesn't that sound like something you'd hear in California or New York? Heck, on the federal government level? Doesn't it sound like that? Not to mention, for the past four years, we've had, I don't think we've had the ballot initiative process. I think it's been since 2020, maybe 2021. They have not said a word. They voted it down harshly. Our right as Mississippians to have a ballot initiative process. Now, all of a sudden, it's back. It's back in force. But here's the deal. Your government gets to tell you if this is good for the state of Mississippi. Not the people. Not the people telling the government what they want. But the government telling the people what they think is best for. Ain't that a kick in the head? I can't make this stuff up. And yeah, all the websites that I pulled up about the ballot initiative process for the news were talking about how it does not allow a change to abortion laws. And again, in Mississippi, that shouldn't be a shocker. We're not for killing babies here. Even some of the more moderate Republicans, some of even the liberals here, don't think killing babies is a cool pastime. Uh, but that's what they're focusing on, the news. And a lot of people are focusing on that. I know politicians are, po are focusing on that. I know some politicians are talking about um, the budget cuts, and some of them are talking about how the guy who proposed this wasn't probably the best guy to propose it. Apparently, he got destroyed on uh, <laughs> when getting talked about it by a couple liberals, which I haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> but I kind of want to now. Uh <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, speaking of budget cuts, I can talk a whole episode of how we've just cut slashed budgets here in Mississippi for uh, departments I think need it, and then we've upped it for departments that don't. But I guess I shouldn't complain about uh, a budget being decreased for once. Uh, I think it was overall decreased, maybe not. I haven't checked the budget. Uh, I'm just now getting more or uh, getting back into the political game after a hectic January, as you can tell. So I guess that will be a talk on a future episode if they actually cut the budget for good reasons or they're just taking out of the departments that need it. Uh, that's so funny because on the federal government, you can't say that. They always increase our budget. Uh, and if they slash something, it's something that they just don't want, like the military or... Uh, police forces or something. Oh. And always up it for something else that you're sitting there like, what the heck? We, we paid for research on a fish? Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, no, that's, that's kind of it for the news. Um, I don't know how long this next part is going to take, but I will be discussing something that I think is very awesome. So I hope you stay tuned. Um, but kind of going into that, um, there was an announcement made, uh, in, I think, last week. One second. I had to get a swig of water. There was an announcement made last week around um, the, see here, the Laurel uh, Leadership Call. 
Oh, no, the Laurel Leader Call. My apologies. And the story revolves around The Ride Begins. Now, of course, I figured this out listening to the Right Side Radio uh, podcast, which I employ y'all to. I think it's one of the best podcasts here in Mississippi. Uh, their host, Jack Fairchild, has helped me out on this show a lot. He's given me a lot of advice. I can't thank you enough for Jack, that, Jack. Um, and, uh, you know, I first heard about this over there that uh, something involving Chris McDaniel might be in play. And we'll get to that in a second. But they are starting kind of something completely new. So they're not just starting like a podcast-type deal like I've done, like Jack has done, bringing back the Right Side Radio. But they're starting a whole movement. It, when I told you before, and I think I told you this before, this will reign in a new era in not just Mississippi politics, but I hope national politics – they're uh, they're doing something that I've only seen a couple people actually try to do, and I think that they have the potential to be very successful in this endeavor. It's called the Midnight Ride. Uh, we'll uh, I shared the the ride the ride begins article from the Laurel Leadership Call on the Conservative uh, Colonel uh, Podcast Facebook page. So uh, you can go check that out there. They do give the website, which I will list as the midnightride.com. Uh, that's just their website. You can go subscribe there if you want. Uh, it's just um, one page right now. They're still getting everything set up. Uh, they're still working on a lot of things, but they, they did make a great parody uh, Epstein's Island, which made me laugh uncontrollably for a good bit. But I mean, they're working on new ways to reach the next generation. And I guess there's no better way to, to put it into words than to kind of, I'm going to read uh, part of the Ride Begins article. Some of it uh, I'll skip over. Some of it I will talk about in detail. So just know the best way you can read this is to go on my Facebook page or you can go to the leadercall.com uh, with a dash in between leader and call. And you can see this there. Uh, and I implore you all to please read this for yourself. Uh, I could be lying to you or anybody could be lying to you. Hence why I try to be very apparent uh, with what I'm reading. So on Thursday, January 18th, the Midnight Ride released its first video, Epstein Island. An animated parody, a parody of the Gilligan's Island theme song that lampooned the sex trafficking ring of Jeffrey Epstein. In less than 48 hours, the video has been viewed more than a quarter of a million times on Twitter, uh, the Elon Musk-owned platform. Uh, hopefully, the date will go down in history as a great day that a great day that culture changing conservative entertainment company was launched. So again, I would contribute this to compare it to the daily wire, but I think they're going to do things a lot better than what some things the daily wire does. I can already see that they're very dedicated to being their own thing. And that's great because when you have your own thing and have your own vision, instead of copying someone, you really can add to stuff and you can really not be 
it'd be like putting on blinders. You have a solid mission, but you're you're following a formula. They're creating their own formula, which I like a lot. Um, let's see here. I wrote the Epstein Island parody song, parody song, One Sleepless Night at 2 in the morning and was amazed. And amazingly, my apologies, we were able to get it turned around out for public consumption in less than a week and a half. Of course, if you haven't seen it yet, you can view it at www.themidnightride.com or their YouTube page. Uh, I, I'll share this all on uh, the Conservative Colonel Podcast Facebook page, by the way. This is a temporary landing for the page for our real website, which is, of course, being in the process of being built. And while you are there, you can subscribe. It's free. So you can keep up to date with all the new projects and overall progress of the Midnight Ride. But uh, this was all started because after dis the disappointing results of the 2020 statewide election uh, with the poster child of conservatism in the state of Mississippi, Chris McDaniel, losing to a Democrat in disguise. Uh, I completely lost faith in the process, and, if it, and it wasn't just McDaniel, conservatives across the state lost in record numbers to more moderate or even liberal candidates. The results made me consider what is the point of putting so much effort into the popular but naked truth podcast when we when all we end up doing is preaching to the choir. And I mean, that's something I haven't had to face here yet. I know uh, Jack talked about on the right side preaching to the choir, not reaching new people. Uh, and the reason I haven't had to deal with it, I'm still relatively small, and the podcast is still finding its footing. Uh, so I'm not an established name like the right side or the Buck Naked Truth was, uh, which I enjoyed the Buck Naked Truth. I, I enjoyed listening to it, and I enjoyed stuff they did, stuff that I didn't even think about, like interviewing candidates in Jones County, the area they were at, or all the stuff they did. I, I personally would love to see something like that come back. Um, maybe see if we can interview state people, bring state people on to talk about the government and conservatives coming on to talk about what they're trying to do in the government. But I digress. I, I haven't had to focus on that yet because I'm still trying to build my base. And this is something that I do out of a sense of duty for my state. So I'm hoping that I'm reaching a young audience because of my age. I'm I'm about to turn 25. God help me. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so I'm tr I'm hoping to reach a young audience. I'm hoping to be uh, uh, at least a decently big name in the state of Mississippi to help where I feel I can help, and hopefully bring light to stuff for y'all. Give you national and Mississippi political news. Help you keep up to date, but also, you know, help uh, conservatism get on the rebound. And I'm talking about real conservatism uh, to see our, our governments reform to what our, our founding fathers intended. Um, that, that's my goal. And I do this out of sense of duty because of that. But within doing so, you know, sometimes, you know, I can be blinded by the overall goal because I'm not on that big level yet. I, I would be happy if the choir just tuned in <laughs> But I do understand where they're just kind of like, 
we're just talking to the same people over and over and over again. These are not the people that we need to be talking to. We aren't winning anybody over to our side because the people that are already listening to these shows are already on our side. So they wanted to find some like-minded people, but also maybe change some minds. So going back to the post, sure, it's nice to know that there are like-minded people out there, but I'm too old to just to be doing a show that that just so people can hear. I'm too old to be to do. I'm too old to be doing a show just so people can. So I, just so I can hear people tell me they agree with me. That sentence took it out of me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. Pronunciation can be a struggle sometimes. Now, I'm not saying we don't we didn't do some great shows that made a difference. We did. I'm very proud of the sheriff's debate, the Wind P Pigs Fly interview with former Sheriff Alex who Hood Hodge Hodge. Uh, when Evil Lived in Laurel interview. Uh, those episodes are not only incredible, in some cases historical, and should be preserved. However, for the most part, the butt naked truth were conservatives talking to conservatives being listened to by conservatives. We weren't reaching anyone we needed to reach. We weren't changing the minds or influencing the next generation because those people aren't weren't listening to us. About the same time, I decided to bring the buck naked truth to an end. Reed Cooley popped into my office to tell me how many thousands of people he had clicked on his latest LLC column after he tweeted about it. For those of you who don't know who Reed Cooley is, well, I didn't either. Even though years ago I gave him his first job as a sales representative. Reed, who is still only 30 years old, went on to become the communications director for Young Americans for Liberty. And after that, he took the same position for the Libertarian Party. I took notice of him during his time away from Laurel because he would make appearances on both Fox News and Fox Business News. It was quite a resume for someone as young as Reed. Asked Reed to write a column for us, and even though it wasn't a regular piece, anytime he does submit a column, he knocks it out of the park. So anyway... This kid with immense talent was in my office telling me about how many clicks he had on his LLC column. I immediately thought this guy may know how to reach pe the people conservatives really need to be reaching. I told him I wanted to start an entertainment-based website that reached younger people because conservatives were losing the culture war for as long as I've been alive. Amazingly, he answered that he had been thinking about doing the same thing, and this is how the Midnight Ride was born. The Midnight Ride will have plenty of entertainment for everybody. It will be, desi be designed specifically to target young people of the voting age 18 to 35. This is a demographic, demographic that the conservatives desperately need to start winning over. If there's any chance the United States to survive as we know it. This is a group that has been targeted for brainwashing by our left-wing education and entertainment industries. I could not agree more. That is one thing I would love to see Republicans fight, or conservatives fight back on, is uh, education and entertainment because they're just shoving propaganda down these poor kids' throats, and a lot of them buy it. But getting back to the article, think about this. In 2023, a year in which Joe Biden and the Democrats – provided comedians with 
a lot of comedy gold on a daily basis. The Medical Research Center found that 81% of political jokes were aimed at conservatives. Joe Biden is a walking, talking joke, as is uh, Vice President Harris. Pete Buttigieg, not to mention uh, Bob Maddox and the entire squad, yet 81% of the jokes were directed at conservatives. I'm sorry, but why... But that is why these shows are awful and nothing more than left-wing propaganda. Just, just like in 1775, we needed heroes to take this country away from the British. We need them again to wrestle this country away from the grip of the left-wing American-hating socialist who want to destroy everything this once great country stood for. Freedom, liberty, and the Constitution and the American dream. Welcome to the Midnight Ride. The Midnight Ride will bring back George Washington, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and Paul Revere. Now, I'm going to mess with everybody over there for a minute. Uh, please know I'm just joking, but as a uh, not direct descendant, but he is in my tree, William Dawes, I'm just going to say he did more than Paul Revere that night. He rode with him, rode farther. So did the other guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a little American history nerd, so I had to throw that in there and defend my family. But I'm just going to point out that maybe William Dahl should be in one of y'all's episodes. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of uh, history gathered about my ancestors, so if you need any help. <laughs> but I just had to throw that joke in there because I've been thinking about it ever since I've seen this. Uh, and turn them into kick A's. I'm sorry, I'm not cussing. And hilarious superheroes who lead the fight against our woke and broke culture. This will be an adult, edgy, take-no-prisoner cartoon series that will offend some people. I'm never going to apologize for it. We have to start fighting back and start winning. Now, I love this. I love bringing back our American heroes. And a lot of times I've seen conservative entertainment industries bring them back, but they bring them back to teach kids or to... Um, really just kind of make a quick buck on. They're not really trying to change the narrative. They're not trying to use these people that serve this country greatly and are our founding fathers and just major people of American influence. Uh, they're not using it to reclaim this lost generation we have going on, this culture war. So I love this idea. Uh, I love... I love edgy stuff. I, I love, I guess that's what you call it. I love uh, the take no prisoner type of uh, entertainment. I find it very funny and enjoyable. So I cannot wait to see this. Uh, and I've already seen like they have a, a trailer, I guess would be the term for it. They have two videos up on their YouTube. Uh, both of them are a minute long. Won't take long. Uh, they're both, Pretty great and pretty funny. Uh, one is just a trailer, but the other one is a full video. But I enjoyed it a lot. I, I hope they do great. Uh, I, to be honest, I'll even say it right here, right now. If anybody at the Midnight Ride needs any help, don't hesitate to ask me. I'll be happy to help. Uh, this is something I can see being a big help in reclaiming the culture war that we're currently losing. I couldn't agree more with what y'all are doing. Uh, so if y'all need any help, 
from the small, small, small conservative colonel podcast or just me in general, I'll be happy to help. But, you know, getting back to it, we will also have a sketch comedy, other animations, parodies, and a recurring show called History Unhinged. Now, I am a historian. I I, I will put up my knowledge against uh, of American history up against anybody. I can't wait to see something like this because I've been in college for a long time, and to see the brainwashing deserves its own episode to talk about. Uh, our education is in shambles, especially our history. And as a historian, it breaks my heart to see that kids are getting this watered-down propaganda level of history where it's just like, oh, America was bad all the time. And let me tell you the real history. No, it's not real history. They are trying to turn you against our country using history. And they're leaving out a lot of important details, a lot of historical facts, a lot of ways you should be studying history. Uh, I'm not even going to go there again. I could spend a whole episode on our education, but again, I, I'm loving what they're doing so far. There will be, there will even be a new incarnation of Jim walking the man on the street, interviewing web bits that were very popular with young people back in the day. All this content will be designed to drive people to the website where they will find our flagship show, Chris McDaniel's America, which will also feature a segment called Chris McDaniel, Rhino Hunter. We are in the midst of building a brand new state-of-the-art podcast studio for Chris and Jack Fairchild, who is the host of The Right Side Radio. Uh, we couldn't be more excited to have our Ronald Reagan be the man delivering the conservative message for the Midnight Ride. With national promotion and reach, don't be surprised if Chris, if Chris becomes the next Rush Limburg. And I've been saying it forever. Chris McDaniel is one of the best conservatives out there. He's a real statesman. I hope him and Jack the best in this. I can honestly see y'all being the defining conservatives of this era. Every era has a group of leaders that really stand up and take charge and lead. And some of them don't always win. Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, uh, the first episode, matter of fact, but I think Chris can actually really help us out here and help reclaim that next generation of people standing up. So I, I will, I say, I, I completely agree with the, the comparison of Ronald Reagan. Uh, with national promotion, okay, yeah. As you can imagine, this is a huge and ex extremely expensive undertaking. We are working with nationally known animation and, produ and production teams, as well as a major website company to bring all this together. It's ex exciting and scary, but more importantly, necessary, as we as conservatives need to start fighting back and attempt to win the culture war in the heart of the nation. I hope you will join us on this midnight ride, and please tell your friends and family to saddle up as well. Whew. Could not agree more. Uh, again, some of it I put into my own words. Some of it I just kind of glanced through and read it. Uh, and, of course, I added my own thoughts in it a lot of times. So please go reread that. It's on my Facebook page. 
The website will be on my Facebook page. The YouTube will be on my Facebook page. So go check out the Conservative Colonel Podcast Facebook page, and we'll have it there. But, uh, I mean, I, I honestly see, say this, and I'm not just saying it because they're Mississippians or because a couple people involved I consider my friend, friends. I honestly think this is going to be amazing. And I hope you people who are watching support it. Because the Midnight Ride sounds like it's exactly what we need. Um, and... We only just need more people to stand up with them. Stand up and help. Stand up and do your own thing. Whatever it be. It's time to start fighting. And I mean really fighting. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. We will be back next Tuesday. We'll have a Mardi Gras episode. My family's a big Mardi Gras family. So, I'm going to be decked out in beads next episode. It has nothing to do with the episode, but hey... If you want to laugh, go see what I'm wearing next week on Thursday on the when the YouTube episode comes out. Speaking of YouTube episode, if you want to watch me live and in person, you can check this episode out this Thursday and see me live and in color. So I want to, again, thank you guys for watching. Please uh, leave a rating down below, five stars. Like, subscribe, share this out. Let's make a movement with the Conservative Colonel podcast as well. I think this can be something special myself. So let's fight together, and I'll see you next week. Y'all have a great day. God bless Mississippi.